Hi, welcome back to Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. I'm Lynn. And I'm Rochelle. And today is September 10th, which is the last day of filming for Supernatural. It's so sad. It's so sad. And all the actors like past and present are posting on Instagram about it. And it's really getting me in the feels. (laughs) Okay. Jensen posted a video of them like ripping down the Men of Letters set. And like there's seriously some guy with this like awesome looking sledgehammer just like going to town on this like wall bit or something like that and he's like there it goes and I'm just like ah (laughs) I know I I think Jake Abel Jake Abel like posted a picture of baby and was just like lay your weary head to rest or something like that and I was just like oh god why (laughs) why would you do this I hadn't seen anything and then you texted me this morning and you're like there's so many and I'm freaking out you know and I'm like okay and so I like go on Instagram and then I go on to because so like on our Instagram page we follow like all the actors or at least the ones that I've been able to find so far I mean I haven't like extensively dug or anything yeah you know whatever and so (laughs) I'm, like, going through, and it's just, like, post after post, like, the whole feed, post after post of just, like, so long, Supernatural, and it's just, like, well, you guys just knock it off, you know? Did you see, did you see Felicia Day's video of her singing Carry On? No. Wayward Son? Yeah, she's, she sings, like, the chorus part of it, and I was, like, I totally cried, because that's what I do. I saw her post a picture of her, like, hugging Jensen and I'm not going to give you any spoilers and and one of the episodes this is a picture from one of the episodes but um yeah she like sings she like sings the wayward son song just part of it just like the chorus and I'm like oh god why how rude I know (laughs) come on (laughs) why would you do such a thing I know Uh, Okay, so today we're talking about season six, episode three, called The Third Man. We start in a police station. We're in the locker room. A man just got done shaving. He wipes his face with a towel and notices some blood on it. So he looks in the mirror and there's a small wound on his cheek. Then he notices one of his other cheeks. Sorry, Steve's yelling. (laughs) Oh, is that? I just said one of his other cheeks, like he's got more than one other cheek. I mean, technically you have four. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. His face cheek. He notices. Uh, um, so it's a flap of skin and it slides right off his face. He literally just like his skin just like melts off. Yeah. Then he realizes he's standing in blood. His back starts bleeding. Another cop notices and says, Jerry, the bloody man says, Ed, I think I'm bleeding. And then he falls down and his whole body melts into bloody goose bladder. <laughs> okay, do you think, like, as he's walking, because you know he's got the f- bloody footprints, like, in my mind, I automatically think, okay, with if his skin is falling off on his face, like, does that mean he, like, left his skin on the floor and he's just, like, walking, like, barefoot, barefoot, like, no skin left, and he's just, like, slowly taking off layers as he steps? Ew, yes, that's exactly what I think. Gross. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) He's got, like, foot skin somewhere back there. I know, he's just, like, left his skin on the floor. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So nasty. 
So we get our opening title sequence. We cut to Dean sleeping in bed. Lisa wakes up and says, hey, you. They start making out, and then Dean looks up confused. He suddenly wakes up from his dream, and he's been asleep in his car. Then we get a montage of Dean doing some stretches by the side of a road and Sam working out in a motel room. And it's, it's, it's a pretty workout. <laughs> this is where you get a lot of memes from of Buff Sam. Is oh, for sure. Here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a woman walks into the room and says to Sam, don't stop on my account. <laughs> Sam says, I'm done. The woman says, last night was a high point, if you don't mind me saying. <laughs> Sam says, good. <laughs> she says, all right, well, I see you need to start your day. When did you, uh, sh- when did you say you were heading out? Sam says nothing. She says, you didn't, right? Damn, you know how to play that mystery card. <laughs> she turns to leave, but Sam clears his throat and holds up some money. She says, right, I almost forgot. She takes the money and gives him a piece of paper and says, next time you can call me on my night off, if you want. Okay, so why did he do that hooker, first of all, to make her forget that she was a hooker? (laughs) 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 That's what I want to know. I want to know. (laughs) But yeah, I don't think we're ever going to find out. Oh, never. I'm sure. But like, okay, have you ever seen, uh, well, okay, no, I guess you didn't watch Game of Thrones. So there, <laughs> there is this guy named Podrick in Game of Thrones that he's like, he's basically like the assistant to an, one of the knights, you know? Okay. And he like, I don't remember if he decided to go on his own or if somebody was like, hey, you know, you need to like, go let off some steam and like sends him to go see a hooker or if he decides to see a hooker on his own or any anyways he sees hooker slash hookers i don't remember and they like won't let them pay or won't let him pay them <laughs> you know? like, oh my and everybody is like what did podrick do to those hookers you know like, <laughs> we all want to know and they never <laughs> answered it that was like one of the big questions in like throughout the series that they just like never answered oh, everybody's like why are we never gonna figure out what podrick did to those hookers <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Um, Okay, so she says, next time you can call me on my night off if you want. He says, okay. She says, okay, and leaves. The phone rings and Sam throws a piece of paper away. (laughs) It's Dean calling. He says, I'm eight hours. uh, That's not what he says. He says, I'm eight hours out of Campbell Base. Sam says, "Uh, change of plans. I need you to meet me. I'm in a PA town called Easter. Dean says, what are you doing in Pennsylvania? Sam says, I caught a case. Dean says, a case? When? It's been like a day and a half. Sam says, I like to work. Dean says, apparently. (laughs) Sam says, glad we hashed that out. Call me when you roll into town. So they hang up, and Dean says, who died and made you, boss? I mean, kind of him, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I know, Sam. Sam's the one who died and made himself boss. I know, right? So so we cut to a cop hiding on a street... uh, hiding on a street radaring people sorry i wrote these notes so long ago that they are completely unfamiliar to me <laughs> you know i literally okay. just rewatched the episode because i was like i am not gonna remember what happens here i should have done that because i'm like i don't even know what i'm reading okay so <laughs> he's radaring people a guy goes by doing 70 and the cop says oh come on you can do better than that he <laughs> he 
thinks he sees something in the woods, but ignores it. Then he pours some alcohol into his soft drink. His cell phone rings and he says, why are you calling me? He's dead, right? That's it. Now I don't want to talk about it. We do what we do. We go to work. We go to the funeral. Calm down. This has nothing to do with you or me. You're just working yourself up. Don't call me. He hangs up and says, idiot. Then boils start showing up all over his body. He tries to call dispatch for help, but can't speak. Ugh, that was disgusting. That was really gross. Okay, and the whole time I was sitting there thinking, strangles, strangles. <laughs> Which is, so it's like, in horses, it's a disease that essentially they get, like, boils and stuff like that. Like, it's a, it's really super contagious, um, but they get boils and stuff like that, like, in their throat, so it'll, like, close off their airway, oh, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and I was like, ew, it's human strangles! <laughs> like, oh, that's the worst! And yeah. anybody who is a horse person, like, I would assume that that's probably what they would think, too, because literally, it, like, he quit breathing from it, and I was like, ugh. Yeah. I heard that boils is one of the worst pains that you can have. Oh, I'm sure it sucks. Yeah. Like, there's no, yeah, uh uh-uh. Yeah. Imagine how painful, you know? It's like huge shingles, I would think. Yeah. Okay, so we cut to Dean meeting Sam. They're both in suits. Dean is on his phone. He says, Ben, I know you're lying. Because I lie professionally, that's how. (laughs) Now tell your mom that you broke the damn thing and take it like a man, okay? Okay. And he hangs up. Sam says, wow. Dean says, what? Sam says, you molding the minds of tomorrow. Who knew? Dean (laughs) says, yeah, tell me about it. Sam asks, how did it go? Dean says, with? Sam says, you and Lisa, how'd she take it when you bailed? Dean says, shockingly cool, actually. Sam says, better for everybody. Dean says, yeah, I suppose. I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. Um, Dean says, still driving the plastic piece of crap, huh? Sam laughs and says, what's your mileage again? Dean says, shut up. <laughs> So they go into the police department. On their way to the morgue, Sam says, Officer Gerald Hatch, a 17-year veteran, found dead in the ready room three days ago. Dean looks at a pic of the body and says, whoa, somebody was overhydrating. <laughs> Sam <laughs> says, ha, basically, yeah, guy just liquefied. Um, most of the meat, bones, dense tissue, they just turned to blood. Dean says, okay, I don't get it. Sam says, nobody gets it. Dean says, no, I mean, I get that. I'm saying if the guy was a mop job, what are we doing in the morgue? What's left of him to look at? Sam says, we're not here to look at him. He opens up the body drawer and pulls out the cop who died covered in boils. Dean says, oh, bad news. Sam says, Officer Toby Gray, they just brought him in, found him dead in his patrol patrol car at a speed trap on the outside of town. Dean says, extreme allergic reaction. Sam says, yeah, boils, covered from head to toe. Dean says, yeah, on the inside, too. His airways are chock full of them. Um, this is starting to look a little witchy to you. Sam says, that was my first instinct, but I found zero signs of hex work anywhere. Far as I can tell, witchcraft was not involved. Dean says, got to be some sort of link between skid mark and bubble wrap here. <laughs> <laughs> to which I laughed hysterically. <laughs> skid mark and bubble wrap. Oh, man. Skid mark. You know why I think that's hilarious. I'm I do know gonna, why. I'm not going to share that on this, but good grief. 
<laughs> I wish you would share it. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Let's just say I know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I know, we, yeah, that I want to just refer to as Skinmark from now on. I mean, I think you should, because really, it's, he's just kind of a stain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, gross. Gross, gross, gross. It's disgusting. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh... Okay. Um, Sam says, no question. Dean says, well, can I get a witness? Sam says, yep. Uh, Officer Ed Colfax saw Hatch go from a solid to a liquid. Dean says, another cop? Sam says, Hatch's partner. So we cut to Sam and Dean parking their cars on the street. They get out and Sam says, hey, were you racing me? Dean says, no, I was kicking your ass. (laughs) Sam says, very mature. They walk up to a house and knock on the door. Dean yells, hello, Officer Colfax. Officer Colfax um, answers the door, all dressed up in his police gear. He says, who the hell are you? Sam says, we're the Fed, Ed, here to ask you questions about your partner's death. Ed says, don't worry about it. It's nobody's business. Don't worry about it. And he slams the door shut. Sam sighs and kicks the door open. Like just, you made me do it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Dean says, dude, they go in and Dean notices all the pictures in the house have people's faces scratched off. They find Ed, who is still scratching pictures. Sam says, Officer Colfax? Dean says, hey, man, you all right? The officer says, don't worry about it. Dean says, right. Look, Officer Colfax, Ed, uh, we think that your partner died of unnatural causes. Ed starts scratching his head on top of his police hat. Dean says, did he have any enemies that you know of? Ed, still scratching, says, you might say that. Sam says, who's that? Ed says, they both had it coming. Me too. And he pours some alcohol into his coffee cup. Ed says, I'll be the next to go, and then it'll be over, and God will be satisfied. Dean says, why does God want you all dead? Ed says, because of Christopher Birch. Ed knocks his bottle over, and the alcohol spills. Sam asks, who's Christopher Birch? Ed says, he has no face. He stares at the spilling alcohol. Dean says, officer, are you all right? Sam says, who is Christopher Birch, Ed? Ed says, Christopher Birch is a kid with no face and a planted gun. Blood starts to drip down Ed's face from under his hat. Dean says, uh, you got a little something. Ed says, damn, my head's been itching like a dirty jock. And then he collapses on the desk. Sam checks his pulse and says, dead. Then there's a chittering sound. Dean says, a nasty sound as well. I <laughs> May I never hear that sound, especially coming from a body. Um, Dean says, You hear that? Sam pulls off Ed's hat, and there's a giant hole in his head with insects in it. Ugh. Locusts. That's right, locusts. Fucking disgusting. Nasty. Ugh. So we cut to the boys in a motel room doing research. Dean says, Sweat, blood, boils, locusts. Sam says, three of your more popular Egyptian plagues. Dean says, yeah, but these guys are on their way out of a... (laughs) Dean says, yeah, but these guys ate their way out of a cop's melon. I don't quite remember that in King James. (laughs) Sam says, meanwhile, a kid named Christopher Birch was shot in the head last month after a vehicle pursuit. Hatch, Gray, and Colfax were the officers involved. They all filed the same police report. Dean reads the report. Suspect uh, exited vehicle brandishing firearm. We were forced to fire. He puts down the report and says, just a kid with no face and a planted gun. Bunch of dicks. So they popped the kid, planted the piece. Sam says, maybe Colfax is right. Maybe heaven has a hate on for bad cops. Dean says, so we're listening to the guy with the bug in this custard? 
That's the, that's the theory you want to go with? Sam says, Dean, Angel's got to have something to do, right? Now that we're post-apocalypse. Dean says, maybe. You should call Cass. Sam says, you're kidding, right? Dean, I tried. I went through that. It was the first, second, and third thing I did. As soon as I got topside. Son of a bitch won't answer the phone. Dean says, well, let's give it a shot. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray to Castiel to get his feathery ass down here. Sam says, you're an idiot. Dean says, stay positive. Sam says, oh, I am positive. <laughs> Dean says, come on, Cass, don't be a dick. Uh, got ourselves a plague-like situation down here. Uh, do you copy? Nothing happens, and Sam says, like I said, the son of a bitch doesn't answer. Suddenly, Cass is right behind Sam. Sam okay. says, he's right behind me, isn't he? Cass says, hello. <laughs> Sam asks, hello? Cass says, yes. Sam says, hello, hello? He's Cass mad. says, <laughs> I know. Cass says, uh, that is still the term. Sam says, I spent all that time trying to get through to you. Dean calls once, and now it's hello? <laughs> Cass says, yes. Sam says, so what? You like him better or something? Cass says, Dean and I do share a more profound bond. I wasn't going to mention it. <laughs> I love him. He's just such an awkward child. I love it. I love it. Dean says, Cass, I think what he's trying to say is that he went to hell for us. I mean, he really took one for the team. Remember that? And then he comes back without a clue and you can't take five minutes to give answers. Cass says, if I had any answers, I might have responded, but I don't know. Sam, we have no idea who brought you back from the cage or why. Sam says, so it wasn't God? Cass says, no, one, no, one, no one's even seen God. The whole thing remains mysterious. Sam says, what the hell does that mean? Cass says, what part of I don't know escapes your understanding? Dean says, Cass, look, if Sam calls, you answer, okay? You wing your ass down here and you tell him, I don't know, <laughs> just because we have some sort of bond or whatever. Cass says, you think I came because you called? I came because of this. He goes over to the research. Dean says, well, it's nice to know it matters. Cass says, it does help one to focus. Sam says, wait, so you and the Halo Patrol aren't the cause of these, aren't the cause of these killings? Cass says, no, but they were committed with one of our weapons. There's only one thing that could have brought this into existence. You call it the Staff of Moses. Sam says, the Staff? Cass says, it was used in a dominance display against the Egyptians, as I recall. Dean says, yeah, that one made the papers. <laughs> Sam says, well, I thought the staff turned like a river into blood, not one dude. Cass says, the weapon isn't being used at full capacity. I think we can rule Moses out as a suspect. <laughs> wow. <laughs> just wow. This whole episode is just like the stuff that he says that it's like so blatantly obvious. It's just hilarious to me. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Dean says, okay, well, what is Chuck Heston's disco stick doing here anyway? I mean, <laughs> don't you guys put away your toys? Cass says, before the apocalypse, heaven may have been corrupt, but it was stable. The staff was safely contained. It's been chaos up there since the war ended. In that confusion, a number of powerful weapons were stolen. Dean says, what you're saying, your nukes are loose? Cass says, yeah, I'm afraid so but you've stumbled onto one of them. We must find the weapon that did this. I need your help. Sam says, that's rich, really. Cass says, Sam, Dean, my people skills are rusty. Pardon me, but I've spent the last year as a multi-dimensional wavelength of celestial intent. But believe me, you do not want the weapon down here. Help me find it or more people will die. Dean says, all right, okay. Well, if the angels didn't pull the trigger, 
Then that brings us back to motive. Cass says, what? Sam says, back to the case. And now we got three dead cops. Only thing linking them is this. He reads from a newspaper. Father of slain suspect calls for investigation. So we cut to Christopher Birch's dad reading a newspaper that says, police officer dies at precinct. His son, Aaron, says, come on, dad, how many times are you going to read that thing? You know what? We should just throw it away. His dad, uh, Darnell, Darnell, Daryl, Daryl. I'm pretty sure that's his Daryl. I didn't yeah. write it down. I literally just watched the episode too, like an hour ago, yeah. but I don't remember. My R's and N's look surprisingly similar. So I think it's Daryl. Okay. His dad, Daryl says, go back out and play. So Aaron leaves. Suddenly Cass teleports Sam and Dean into the room. Dean says, Cass, a little warning next time. Daryl says, how'd you get in here? Sam says, Mr. Birch, federal agents. Daryl says, but you can't just walk in here. Sam looks at all the newspapers and says, quite a collection you got there, huh? Daryl says, what are you trying to? Sam says, look, we know the truth, all right? Chris didn't have a gun on him when these cops shot him. They set him up. Daryl says, yeah, they're all getting theirs. Sam says, and who's giving it to him, Daryl? Dean says, Daryl, did you kill Toby, Gray, and the others? Daryl says, me? I didn't kill anyone. Look how they died. Cass says, you smote them with the staff of Moses. <laughs> Daryl <laughs> says, what the hell kind of fed are you? <laughs> Cass like, says, um, I think you're insane. <laughs> yeah. Cass says, we don't have time for this. Where is it? Aaron comes in and says, leave my dad alone. And he points the staff at the boys. Dean says, is that? Cass says, yes. Sam says, shouldn't it be bigger? <laughs> Cass, <laughs> Cass says, yes, it's been sawed off. Aaron says, leave him alone. It wasn't him. Daryl says, Aaron, get out of here. Cass touches Daryl's head and Daryl falls asleep. Aaron says, what did you do to him? Dean says, he's all right. He's just sleeping. Cass teleports uh, to Aaron and takes the staff from him. Dean says, Cass, take it easy. Listen, we're not here to hurt you, okay? But we need to know, where did you get this thing? Aaron says, please don't kill my dad. It was me. I did it. Dean says, okay, nobody's killing anybody. What's your name? He says, Aaron, Aaron Birch. Dean says, okay, Aaron Birch, where did you get this? Aaron says, you won't believe me. Dean says, try me. Aaron says, it was an angel's. Those liars, they killed my brother, and nothing bad even happened to them. It's not fair. So I prayed to God every night he would punish them. God didn't answer, but he did. Cass says, his name, did he give you a name? Aaron says, no, he just said I could have justice, but I was going to have to take it myself. He gave me the stick. Dean says, he just gave it to you? Come on, he didn't just give it to you, did he, Aaron? Aaron says, I bought it. Sam says, you bought it. With what? What's your allowance? <laughs> Dean says, what did the angel want for it? What did you give him for it? Aaron says, my soul. Sam says, you sold your soul to an angel? Dean asks Cass, can that even happen? Cass says, it's never happened before. An angel's buying souls. That could explain why he cut the staff into pieces. More pieces, more product. Dean says, more product? Who is this guy? Cass says, we'll find him. Cass touches Aaron's head and puts him to sleep and catches him before he can fall. Dean asks, what did you do that for? Cass says, portability. And then they're suddenly all in the boys' motel room. Cass puts Aaron on the bed. Dean says, Cass, you realize you just kidnapped a kid. Cass said, if the angel we see truly bought this boy's soul, when a claim is laid on a living soul, it leaves a mark, a brand. Sam says, what, like a shirt tag at camp? Cass says, I have no idea, but I can read the mark and find, some and find the name of the angel that bought the soul. Sam says, how? Cass says, well, painfully for him. The reading will be excruciating. 
Dean says, whoa, whoa, hold on. He's a kid, Cass. Sam? Sam says, any permanent damage? Cass says, physically, minimal. Dean says, oh, hell yeah. Then by all means, stick your arm right in there. (laughs) Cass says, Dean, if I get the name, I can work a ritual and track the angel down. Dean says, I'm all for that, but come on, there's got to be another way. Cass says, there is no other way. Dean says, you're going to torture a kid. Cass says, I can't care about that, Dean. I don't have the luxury. Cass sticks his hand inside the kid's chest and Aaron starts screaming. Dean goes to stop Cass, but Sam holds him back. Aaron finally starts, Aaron finally stops screaming and Cass removes his hand. Cass says, he'll rest now. Sam says, did you get a name? What is it? Cass says, I thought he died in the war. Sam says, what? He was a friend or something? Cass says, a good friend. Dean says, yeah, well, your frat buddy is now moonlighting as a crossroad demon. Cass says, Baltazar, I wonder. Sam says, so we can find him now, right? Suddenly another angel is in the room. He says, Baltazar, thanks, Castiel. We'll make good use of the name. And then he and Cass start to fight. The angel says, by the way, Raphael says hello. Raphael says hello. (laughs) Raphael. I mean, whatever. (laughs) Whatever. So they fight some more, and then Cass throws both of their angel blades to the floor. Then he grabs the other angel and hurls them both out the window. They land on a car. The other angel teleports away. Sam says, my car. (laughs) Dean says, okay, silver lining. (laughs) He's like, hey, oh darn, it's gone. (laughs) I know, great. Too bad for your car. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah. Cass is suddenly back in the room. He says, he's gone. Sam says, all right, Cass, who was that guy? Cass says, a soldier of Raphael. He must have followed me when I answered your call. Sam says, Raphael the archangel? I'm sorry, what's going on here? Cass says, I can explain later. Dean says, no, not later, now. Stop, all right? There's too many angels, Cass. I don't know who's on first, what's on second. Cass says, what is second? Dean says, don't start that. (laughs) Cass says, it is simple. Raphael and his followers, they want him to rule heaven. I and many others, the last thing we want is to let him take over. It would be catastrophic. Sam says, you're talking civil war. Cass says, technically, yes, which is why we have to find Balthazar and his weapons before Raphael does. Whoever has the weapons wins the war. Cass starts going through one of the boys' duffel bags. Sam says, help yourself. Dean says, what happens if Raphael wins? I mean, what does he want? Cass says, to end the story the way it was written. Dean says, the apocalypse, the one we derailed. Cass says, yes, that one. Raphael wants to put it back on the rails. Dean says, why? Cass says, I need myrrh. Sam says, myrrh, but Cass has vanished. Dean says, friggin' angels. (laughs) But Cass is suddenly behind them. Dean says, why does Raphael want to bring back all this crap? Cass says, he's a traditionalist. Dean says, why didn't you tell us this? Cass says, I was ashamed. I expected more from my brothers. I'm sorry. Then he grabs Dean's arm and says, I need your blood. And he cuts Dean's hand. Dean says, why don't you use your own? Cass says, wouldn't work. I'm not human. Cass collects the blood and myrrh in a bowl and starts chanting. He pours in some liquid from a flask and it all starts sizzling. Sirens start wailing in the different in the distance. In the difference. Uh, Sam says, Cass, how long does this spell take? Cass says, got him. Let's go. Dean says, whoa, what about him? And he points to Aaron. Cass says, don't you think the police will take him home? So we cut to the three of them outside a mansion. Dean says, huh, I guess I was expecting more Dr. No. uh, Okay, I was expecting more Dr. No, less Liberace. Who is Dr. No? 
I'm sure that's that'll come up in like the interesting facts, but I, I don't know no who that idea. is. idea. Let me see if it's in there. I think. Let me look. Da, 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 da. It's no spelled N O. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, I was I was wondering, but of course I didn't look it up. No, so it I doesn't thought, have it in the trivia. So let me look it up real quick. So it's just N O, right? Yeah, Doctor No. It's a 1962 film um, launched the James Bond saga. Oh, okay. Um, So Agent 007 battles mysterious Dr. No, a scientific genius bent on destroying the U.S. space program. Um, Yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks for looking that up. Mm -hmm. So Cass walks in through the front door and up the staircase is a bullfrog. (laughs) <laughs> he enters a room with loud dance music and flashing lights. The door closes behind him. Then Balthazar is there. He says, Cass, you're here. It's so good to see you. He told me you were floating around. Cass says, he? Balthazar says, I believe you have, I believe you two have flown together. Unconscious on the floor is the angel that Cass fought earlier. Balthazar says, well, you know, the old frog in the throat. A frog comes out of the angel's mouth. Uh-huh. <laughs> that very much upset me. very much upset me it upset me like in harry potter when ron weasley is throwing up slugs oh yeah that was that was bad that was yeah that's what it reminded me of well i didn't even remember that until just now thanks for reminding me though (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) i needed that (laughs) so a frog comes out of the angel's mouth Cass says even i know that's a bad joke i grieved your death Balthazar says, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry about that. You know, I wanted them to think, you know, so they wouldn't come looking for me. Cass says, what is all this? What are you doing? Balthazar says, whatever I want. This morning I had a menage a, what's French for 12? Jeez. <laughs> Cass says, you stole the staff of Moses. Balthazar says, sure, sure. I stole a lot of things. Cass says, you were a great honorable soldier. We fought together. Balthazar says, yes, too many times to count. Cass says, I know you. You're not some common thief. Balthazar says, common, no. Thief? Eh. <laughs> He's like, hey, <laughs> if the show fits. <laughs> yep. Cass says, I need your help. Balthazar says, I know. I've been hearing all about you, and as far as I'm concerned, you and me, Cass, nothing's changed. We're brothers. Of course I want to help you. Cass says, thank you. I need the weapons. Balthazar says, don't ask that. Cass says, why take them? Why run away? Balthazar says, because I could. What? I mean, you're the one who made it possible. The footsteps I'm following, they're yours. What you did, stopping the big plan, the prize fight, you did more than rebel. You tore up the whole script and burned the pages for all of us. It's a new era. No rules, no destiny, just utter and complete freedom. Cass says, and this is what you do with it? Balthazar says, hey, screw it, right? I mean, dad's not coming back. You might as well blow coke and jump on the bed. (laughs) You proved to me that we could do anything, so I'm trying everything. What difference does it make? Cass says, of course it makes a difference. It's civil war up there. Balthazar says, I know. Cass says, if we can beat Raphael, we can end this. Just give me the weapons. Balthazar laughs and says, do you know what's funny about you? You actually actually believe that you can stop the fighting. It will never stop. My advice, grab something valuable and fake your own death. (laughs) I mean... I feel like that just is, like, good advice for just life, you know? If things just 
refuse to go your way. Just grab some valuable shit and just pretend you're dead. You know? Yeah. <laughs> just disappear to an island somewhere. Nobody's ever going to know. <laughs> I like it. Cass says, you've gone insane. Your little holiday is over. <clears throat> Raphael knows you're alive by now. Balthazar says, oh, Raphael can try me anytime. I'm armed. I'm sorry, Cass. All else aside, I really... I'm really, really happy to see you, even though you still have that stick up your ass. <laughs> Thunder crashes outside, and Balthazar asks, was that you? Okay, was that like a fart joke, though? <laughs> like, I, I think it so. was. I think it was, too. You hear the thunder? It's like, Ooh, was that you? <laughs> um, excuse you. <laughs> I think that's an angel fart joke. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> I love it. Um, Balthazar says, oh, that's my cue then. Tell Raphael to bite me. And he teleports away. Suddenly, Raphael and two other angels are outside. Raphael says, watch them. They're all snakes. Cut to one of the angels roaming around outside. Sam says, hey there. He holds up an angel blade and says, yeah, I got one of those too. Suddenly, another angel is behind Sam with an angel blade to his throat. The new angel says, you think you can knife fight against an angel? Dean says, who's fighting? Peace out, douchewad. And then he puts his hand in the angel banishing sigil on the wall. The angels are all blown away. <laughs> blown away. <laughs> <laughs> Shatter every window till it's all blown away. <laughs> I just went straight up Carrie Underwood right there. Okay. Yep. That was I'm fine real bad. With it. I'm fine with it. You can do that anytime you want. <laughs> It just seemed like, it just seemed like the moment for it. <laughs> yep. So we cut to Cass still inside the dance room. An angel appears. Cass says, you're making a mistake. Please, there's another way. Brother, please, I don't want to hurt you. But the angel rushes Cass. So Cass throws his blade and gets the angel right in the chest, killing him. Cass says, why won't any of you listen? <laughs> then, then Raphael is behind Cass. He says, they don't listen, Castiel, because their hearts are mine. And he throws Cass through a doorway. Then Raphael kicks Cass's ass all the way down a staircase. <laughs> Raphael says, somehow, I don't think God will be bringing you back this time. He raises his blade to kill Cass, but Balthazar is suddenly there. He says, hey, look at my junk. <laughs> and he holds up a holy weapon. Raphael says, no. And then, <laughs> that sounds weird. Raphael says, no. And then he turns to salt and dies. He's like, no. <laughs> Raphael's like, nope. And then turns to salt and dies. <laughs> Balthazar says, same thing happened to Lot's wife. Iodize the poor sucker and your kitchen is stocked for life. <laughs> Cass says, you came back. Balthazar says, well now, Raphael will have to go shopping for a new vessel. Should give me a nice long head start on him. Until next time. Cass says, next time? Dean says, no time like the present. And he lights the ring of holy oil that Balthazar is standing in. Balthazar says, holy fire, you hairless ape, release me. <laughs> Dean says, first you're taking your marker off Aaron Birch's soul. Balthazar says, am I? Dean says, Sam? Sam is holding the bottle of holy oil. He says, unless you like your wings extra crispy, I'd think about it. <laughs> Balthazar says, Castiel, I stood for you in heaven. Are you going to let one of them? Cass says, I believe the hairless ape has the floor. Balthazar says, very well. Oh, burn. <laughs> yeah, sick burn. Good advice for that one, dude. <laughs> Balthazar says, very well. The boy's debt is cleared. His soul is his own. Dean asks, why are you buying up human souls? Balthazar says, in this economy, it's probably the only thing worth buying. Do you have any idea what souls are worth? What power they hold? 
now release me. Dean says, suck it, ass clown. Nobody said anything. But Cass lowers his hand and the flames die out. Dean says, Cass, what the hell? Cass says, my debt to you is cleared. Balthazar says, fair enough, and he whooshes away. Dean says, Cass, are you out of your mind? Then Cass whooshes away too. Dean says, oh, friggin' angels, come on. <laughs> so we cut to Dean trying to make room for Sam's arsenal and baby's trunk. Dean says, gosh, I didn't realize I had this much stuff back here. Sam says, well, I need some space. Kind of picked up some stuff along the way. They close the arsenal area, and Sam finds a mask in the trunk. Sam says, what the hell is that? Dean says, oh, that's Ben's Halloween costume. Sam says, Wendigo? Dean says, yeah. Sam says, accurate. Dean says, hey, so uh, are you okay? Sam says, me? Yeah, I'm great. Dean says, really? Because there's been a few times you got me wondering. Sam says, come again? Dean says, well, like, where were you when Cass was giving the holy taser treatment to that kid? Sam says, I was right there. Dean says, really? Because honestly, I felt like I was the only one raising a card. Sam says, right. I mean, I was with you, but I don't know. We needed the intel. Dean says, yeah, I know, but we tortured that kid to get it. I just didn't get the feeling that you even cared. Sam says, you're wrong. Dean says, I mean, I'm just trying to figure this out because something's different with you. You know that. Sam says, yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, I've been hunting nonstop for the past year, kind of out in the wild, you know? So yeah, I suppose I'm a little rough around the edges. Excuses, excuses. Yep. Dean <laughs> says, yeah, I get that, but I just don't think I'm getting the whole scoop. You went to hell, Sam, and believe me, I know what that does to a guy. Sam says, to you. Dean says, what? Sam says, you know what it does to you. It tortured you, you know? I think it still does. But Dean, hey, I'm okay. Dean says, so you're saying what? That you're stronger than me? Sam says, no, I'm just saying we're different. And then He's Sam like, well, in- if the shoe fits. <laughs> yep. Then <laughs> Sam gets in the car. Dean shakes his head and credits. Okay, so my thoughts for this episode... <laughs> There's not really a whole lot of thoughts. Like, yeah. I got a couple, but it's one of those, like, it's one of those episodes where, like, nothing super crazy happens. Yeah, it's you not know? my favorite episode. It's a little bit boring. I mean, you get the profound bond moment. Yeah. You know? There's some fun cast lines in there for sure. Yeah. And you get to see that like something is definitely wrong with Sam. Like like pre-cage Sam would never let Castiel torture a kid. Yeah, for you sure. You know what I mean? So like there's definitely like something going on. Yeah. And also before I remember Sam had told um Dean that he doesn't pay for sex and here he is paying for sex. So so homeboy's different yeah <laughs> i mean he didn't have to pay her technically <laughs> that's true she almost just walked right out until he reminded her <laughs> yeah so there's that but yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyways yeah no the only <laughs> so the only real thoughts that i have is the bug in the custard like i always remember that line oh yeah it's hilarious to me <laughs> he's got a bug in his custard like i just it makes me laugh every time, and it's like, I never know what that episode, or what that saying, or what episode that saying is from, Right. but when it happens, I'm like, oh yeah, you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's, that's just my line. type of humor, is just stupid stuff like that. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, one thing, the only, like, real thought that I have about this episode, like, why didn't Cass just wipe Aaron's memory after 
the soul searching, you know, <laughs> like. Yeah, so that he doesn't have to remember being tortured. Yeah, like, I feel like he's done that before, hasn't he? Or at least he might do that in the future. He's gonna do it in the future. I don't think he's done it before. Like, do the memory wiping thing. So, like, clearly he has the ability to do it. Also, haha, you said wiping. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm 12. He's wiping his memory, not his butt, Lynn. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, like, I don't know. That just never has made any, like, I, like, this is, I have the same thought every time I watch this episode, like, even from the get-go, like, why didn't he just clear his memory? You know, like, I'm sure he's got the power. Why don't I think that maybe they didn't decide to give him the wiping power yet. So, I mean, I guess, but... I don't know. It feels like he's supposed to be this, like, not all-powerful being, but kind of, you know? So, like, why? You know? Yeah, I agree. Just do it, man. Yeah. (laughs) But anyways, yeah, that's really, like, the only thought that I had, other than I thought it was kind of funny when the cop was, like, drinking alcohol in his car and then, like, radaring people and be like, ah, you could do better than that, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty good. That's the kind of cop that we all hope we drive by. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) Maybe not while he's driving, though, because, I mean, drunk is not the best way to drive. Oh, no. Oh, no. You know. Anyways, so, um, what was your favorite moment? Oh, shit. (laughs) I totally forgot that that was a thing we do. Unprepared and unawares. <laughs> <laughs> this is me. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm going to have to go with the um, profound bond moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was my favorite. I love that. Um, I love that Sam is all butthurt about it and that Dean is like, wait, what? We do? What? <laughs> like, uh... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think that that one, like, the, we do share a more profound bond. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I wasn't going to mention it. Yeah. yeah. And then the, Sam, Dean, my people skills are rusty. <laughs> like, yeah, with quote marks. <laughs> little, like, quote fingers, you know? Yeah. Like, that's, like, you can tell that's, like, one of the few things, like, he's picked up as far as, like, socially. <laughs> yeah. So those little quote fingers, I thought that, like, that was one of my favorites, too. And that's one of those that, like, those quotes that ends up on, like, everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, I think those are definitely my favorite. There's just, I mean, I like this episode to an extent, but it's just not that exciting, I guess I should say. I shouldn't say it's, like, kind of a throwaway episode, but it's just a little under dramatic, I guess. <laughs> yeah, not a lot is really happening in it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you learn about Moses's, you know, staff, and that that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, yep. But I am trying to get into my phone to do the interesting facts. There we go. For some reason, it wouldn't recognize my face for a hot second there, and, you know, hmm. well, maybe I look like crap, and my phone's just trying to tell me that. <laughs> no, no, you look fine. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Um, where am I? Okay. So, trivia, or the interesting facts from this episode. 
Um, this is from 2010, which is the year weird. I graduated high school. <laughs> That's weird, too. Oh, my God. Um, so it says, Dean, Cass, and Sam are hunting for the staff of Moses. Uh, the child that had a part of it was named Aaron. Um, in the Bible, Moses' brother was called Aaron, which I didn't... <laughs> I wanted to have that be a thought, but they stole it from me, so. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Dirty, rotten things, but it's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it says when, or was it his son, though? I thought it was his son that was named Aaron. Not his... Wait. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think Moses' brother was Aaron. I thought it was, like, Moses' son or something. But I could totally be wrong. I don't know. So we'll go with some family member. <laughs> Someone in the family. Yeah. The immediate family. <laughs> yeah. Um, it says, um, when Castiel rebuffs Sam and Dean's questions about the angel who attacked Cass, Dean says, stop. All right. Too many angels, Cass. I don't know who's on first and what's on second. Um, Dean is quoting the famous comedy routine Who's on First by Abbott and Costello. I thought okay. it was just a baseball quote that he was yeah, going I for. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. But the more you know. <laughs> um, this is Balthazar's first appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, at one point, Balthazar says, what is French for 12? Uh, Sebastian Rocher was actually born in Paris, France, and speaks fluent French. Oh, okay. Um, which I didn't know that. I didn't either. Um, have we seen him at a convention? I have not. No, I think he's on the lineup for the next one, though, isn't he? Yeah, for Vegas, for I Vegas. think so. Yeah. yeah, that'll be fun. I hope that happens in February. Like, I hope, I hope, I hope. And they might do another, like, you know, no touching con, which I would be fine with as long as there's a con, <laughs> you know? Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I really, I really want that to happen <laughs> sooner rather too. than later, I guess. Um... It says, when Officer Colfax er, answers the door, Dean says, whoa, looking sharp, Kojak. Um, He's referring to the 1970s cop show Kojak, which I have, I have no idea. Nope, me neither. Mm -mm. It says, Dean is just leaving Burger Heaven when Sam calls. Um, That's a neighborhood family restaurant in New Westminster, a southeast suburb of Vancouver, BC, Canada. Oh, okay. So, (laughs) Just go offset, get a burger, you know? Yeah. Um, which is kind of a good shout out for them, too, especially if they're, like, a small family restaurant. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they've gotten a lot more popular with Supernatural, which is good. Um, at least I would think so, anyways. Yeah. Um, it says, the interior of Balthazar's home, the stairway and front door location, is the same setup as Regina Mills from Once Upon a Time. Oh, I like that. Oh, Once Upon a Time that. is really that old? Yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah, because I, I do remember watching it. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's been that long, does it? It's been 10 years, man. That's so weird. Jeez. That little kid is a friggin' adult now. I know. I haven't watched the last, I think it's like season or two or something like that. I think the last part that I watched, I think... Frozen was before the Aladdin, right? Yeah. So I think I watched Aladdin, and that was the last part of it that I watched. I don't know why. I think it's just, like, it had been so long in between seasons that I kind of, like, lost track, Mm -hmm. and then just 
yeah, I don't know. I need to watch it again. Yeah, I do too. I got through like the Frozen stuff and then I stopped watching probably for Killian reasons, you know, like I just didn't have the time. Yeah. Really, you know, so. Yeah. I think I definitely, um, I think I definitely quit around Aladdin. Oh, I just need to tell you on, (laughs) on podcast (laughs) that you have got to watch Winona Earp. It is so good. It is like, it is like supernatural, but with like kick-ass women. Yeah. Instead of dudes. It is great. It is so (laughs) fucking good. I, I do need to watch it. it. I just, okay, here's the thing. Like, I've been really into comedies lately and anything that's oh, yeah. not, like, funny. I'm just kind of like, eh, about it. Like, it is it's hilarious. It's okay. hilarious. Okay. The, the first two episodes are kind of like, okay, uh, I don't know if I need to watch this. But then you get to the third episode and you're in. Yeah. Yeah, you'll love it. And it is so fucking funny. <laughs> I promise. I think, yeah. Am I, there was something that I was, oh no, I just finished that, that Zac Efron's, um, whatever it was, Down to Earth or whatever. Oh, I haven't seen it. It's kind of interesting. It's like he, he travels around the world and he's like, these are like our problems with like, you know, global warming or like, you know, this or this or whatever. And they talk about that, but then they also talk about like sustainable ways to do different things, you know, or Mm -hmm. like you know, here's what they're doing in the Amazon. There's like, this is why we don't want to lose the Amazon because it has all this stuff in it and, you know, that sort of stuff. So yeah, cool. um, I just finished watching that. It was, it was interesting. I it was, I was expecting it to be slightly more like entertaining and not so like just informational. And like, while it was still entertaining, I was kind of like, oh, it wasn't something that like, you know, grabbed my attention the whole time, but it yeah. was still like, it's still interesting to look at or to mm-hmm. watch. So, but yeah. Anyways, <laughs> um, it says Lana, played by Julie Voth, was also the name of Jensen Ackles' girl- girlfriend in Smallville. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which I haven't seen Smallville. I've been told that I should watch it. I don't know if it's on Netflix. If it is, I should like add it to my list. My list is getting so long in Netflix. Like, dude. I get it. I <laughs> it's get like it. overwhelming. I'm like, oh, I need to watch this show and this show and this show and this show. And it's like, ah. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, um, it says, among other roles, Canadian actress Julie, uh, Julia Voth, uh, Lana, was also the model for Jill Valentine in, or Valentine in Capcom's Resident Evil Nemesis game. Uh, Some video game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. It says in season four, episode one, Lazarus Rising, Sam tells Dean he doesn't pay for sex, um, which indicates his personal moral compass. Um, In this episode, Sam pays for the hooker, um, which means that clearly something is wrong with him. (laughs) Something is not right with Sammy. We get it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, It says the episode is named after the classic movie, uh, The Third Man, from 1949, which tells the story of a man who finds out that his friend, who he thought was dead, is actually alive, well, and pretty corrupt. <laughs> this is similar mm-hmm. to Castiel finding out that Balthazar is alive. Yep. Um, Dean asks, what is Chuck Heston's disco stick doing down here anyways? <laughs> which, To which I giggle at, because yeah. there is, I think it's a, 
Kesha song. It was like, I want to take a ride on your disco stage. Oh, that's <laughs> totally Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga? Okay, yeah. I don't remember if it was Lady Gaga or Kesha, but anyway, yeah. so I giggle every time I hear a disco stick. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> it says, Dean is referring to Charlton, uh, Chuck Heston, who played Moses in the 1956 movie, The Ten Commandments, which I feel like I've seen on TV or something. Like, oh, I think so, yeah. I don't... I've seen parts of it. I think I've seen parts, I mean, I haven't seen the whole thing for sure, but I think yeah. I've seen, I think I know what they're talking about at least. Which is fascinating to me because usually I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> so, <Aww>. good job. <laughs> I I knew a thing. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> That's not sad. I mean, it kind of is though. <laughs> okay, so our research from this episode. Um. This is off of Ranker because we love them and they just seem to have all the answers for us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like they just know what we need to, we need it's to It's a do. total thing now. We like search for them, you know? Well, yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like, it, like I don't generally search for them, but like if on Google I'm looking for like a haunting in, you know, this area or, you know, this you know, pool table or whatever, if Ranker <laughs> comes up, like, you know, it's going to be good. So like, I automatically exactly. go to like the Ranker articles in Google. Yep. So shout out to Ranker because we love y'all. We love you. Thanks <laughs> Make for our being lives you. So yeah. much easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is about the real life Silent Hill. It says horrifying things about Centralia, the real life Silent Hill right here in America. Because I think we were looking up, what was the city? Easter, Pennsylvania. Yeah. And this was there the was closest nothing. thing that we yeah. could find. Yeah. Um, so it says desolate vistas, noxious gas, people sinking into the ground. No, this isn't a description of a scene from a horror film. It's everyday life in Centralia, Pennsylvania, a creepy abandoned town that's been on fire since 1962. That's crazy. Um, for real. Um, it says there aren't escaped mental patients roaming the streets of this abandoned coal mining town, but that doesn't make it any less of a creepy tourist destination. Generation? Is that even a word? I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. Destination. <laughs> Past the barricades set up to keep people from driving down a collapsing road and random spurts of lethal, lethal smoke that can seriously harm if inhaled, there's an empty town that was home, uh, that was once home to thousands of people whose only sin was living in a town built on top of a coal mine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if Centralia, Pennsylvania seems familiar, that's because it was the basis for the design of Silent Hill a psychological horror game based on the mysterious happenings in a desolate town. Uh, thanks to a fire still raging below the town, Centralia has become the very essence of a ghost town, uh, empty, creepy, and dangerous to those still living. Um, it says, how long can, underground, can an underground fire really burn? Apparently, basically forever. <laughs> the fire under the town has been burning since 1962 and shows no signs of stopping. Uh, Route 61, the abandoned highway that leads to the town, is where most of the fire seems to still be burning. Horrifyingly, most of the warning signs have now disappeared from the area. One of the few things that still exists to warn travelers about the fire is a tree with a sign that simply says, fire, with an arrow. <laughs> oh my god, that's it. That's crazy. <laughs> it's not good. No. no, that's not enough. No. Um, but I'm sure most people, if it's been going for, what? 
60 years, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Wait, 60? Yeah, 60 years. I'm like, math. Math is hard. I mean, I'm sure people just know, you know, yeah. at this point. Um, it says, as of Weird Pennsylvania's visit to Centralia, the temperature 30 feet below the surface registered at 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Damn. <laughs> Um, it says, even before reaching Centralia proper, one of the main dangers on the road is a caution to watch out for smoke. Um, every crack and hole in the ground is just another spot where noxious fumes can escape, uh, creating a very real danger of possible carbon monoxide poisoning. Um, it says, before it was consumed by a raging underground fire, Centralia's maximum population was only 2,761. That's a tiny town. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, that's basically a flood of people though compared to the 10 residents that were listed on the u.s census in 2010 <laughs> oh my god uh, like and those 10 people that live there it, are probably like there to control it or there to like keep track of what's going on you know yeah um <clears throat> Even fewer people live there now, with a reported seven residents in 2013, and it's likely that even a minuscule number has dipped, or even that even that minuscule number has dipped further over time. Um, also of note, sitting just two blocks north of Route 42 in Centralia is the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary Ukrainian Catholic Church, which still holds weekly services on Sunday and supposedly hasn't been directly affected by the fire. Oh my god. <laughs> into town for church on Sunday and then make sure you leave real fast. Yeah. <laughs> um, it says, in addition to sitting on top of a roaring 1,000 degree fire, Centralia might also be haunted. Some visitors uh, to the town have noted that a ghostly voice haunts the streets. Uh, one witness relayed the following spooky story. We found a sleg covered heel, heel side. <laughs> wow. Hillside. <laughs> I'm going full redneck right now. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> uh, it was steam coming out of it. And we're pretty fascinated by some fossils we found when we heard what sounded like a voice saying something inaudible from down below where we were. All three of us heard it. Um, we figured it was someone else checking out the area too, so we sort of ignored it. Um, then we heard it again a little more clearly. A few words, and it sort of sounded like, leave this place. <laughs> what? That's so creepy. Oh my oh, god. Thanks. Yeah, especially no, if you've seen I haven't played the Silent Hill video game because I don't play video games, but the movie was terrifying. I mean, legit terrifying. Like there's the more than one and I'm afraid to watch more like the other one. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, like it like it freaked me right out. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I don't I mean like although like, there's certain things where it just kind of sounds, like, awful to watch, but then, like, some things, too, it sounds awful, but I watch it, and then I'm like, oh, that's not even scary. Like, I have a weird, not a weird, I have, like, a hard time with scary movies now because, like, they're not scary. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. And we've had this discussion before on this podcast. Yeah, we have. It's just kind of like, oh, okay, whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. Whatever you say. But anyways, um, where am I? Oh, okay. So it says, even though the fire under Centralia has been raging since 1962, it doesn't show any signs of slowing down. According to the Smithsonian, the underground fire has actually been growing by about 75 feet a year across four different directions. 
the fire is most evident along the St. Ignatius Cemetery. Uh, the citizens of Mount Carmel are actually worried that at some point the fire will reach them and that they'll all fall into a sinkhole, <laughs> but researchers who have been watching the fire closely doubt that's going to happen. Uh, geologist Gary Greenfield says, I don't think neighboring towns will become another Centralia. At least not right away. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, That's comforting. I know, right? Um, on Valentine's Day, 1981, a 12-year-old boy was swallowed up while playing with his cousin in their grandmother's backyard. The sinkhole opened slowly, but that doesn't mean it wasn't dangerous. Um, according to the reports, the boy slowly slid through steam-warmed mud until he was six feet below ground level in a carbon monoxide-filled hole. If he had oh been God. playing alone, he certainly would have perished. That's so terrifying. It sounds like he was fine. They pulled him yeah. out of the sinkhole, oh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. you know, still. That's terrifying. Like, just slowly sliding in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Even Steve was like, really? <laughs> is this, what... <laughs> this is what we've come to. He's like, I'm ashamed of you. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Anyways. <laughs> um <laughs> it says not only does Centralia serve as the influence for Silent Hill, but it could very easily double for the gateway to hell in a pinch. Uh, the local police make sure to let people know that spray painting the highway will earn them a misdemeanor, but what does that really matter when the rest of the town is spewing brimstone? <laughs> uh -huh. um, it says the catalyst for the underground fire is a subject of intense debate, but most people believe that it was a spark from burning landfill that spread to Centralia's rich coal deposits, deposits um, which started the never-ending blaze. Uh, the coal mine, once a figurative gold mine for the city of Centralia and its inhabitants, was ultimately the town's undoing. As noxious fumes escaped from the sidewalk, uh, the ground began to cave in and swallow pieces of the city and the surrounding area, and anyone who stuck around was likely to asphyxiate on the fumes that hung around the town. Um, it says the fumes of Centralia's underground fire didn't just destroy the roads and homes, uh, the carbon monoxide also managed to taint the vegetation around the town. It turned the town into an eerie wasteland where nothing seems to be living, but rather hovering just, as the, just at the point of demise. Um, it says Route 61, the four-lane highway that leads into the town, was finally shuttered in the 19 or in the 90s. It's finally shuttered. Hmm. The 90s. I'm gonna go with maybe shut down. Yeah, it's just, a, it's just a weird way to say it. I mean, yeah, it just it just seems weird. Um, after the ground began to crack open and sinkholes destroyed any possibility of the road being useful. In fact, the closer you come to the city, the worse the road gets. Um, people who happen to be in the vicinity are warned to keep watch of the children at all times in case a sinkhole opens in the road, or in case a sinkhole opens in the road. Mm. Due to the constant release of noxious fumes in the air, it's very possible to asphyxiate due to smoke inhalation, even if you're outside. Uh, the most likely cause of suffocation in Centralia is a random release of smoke or gas that strikes without warning and fills your lungs before you can take refuge. Great. So the air is literally, like, coming after you at any given point. Yeah. Like, ha, ha, ha hey, surprise! <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's great. Um, 
It says, in 1981, after a 12-year-old boy was almost swallowed by a sinkhole in his grandmother's backyard, Centralia's mayor collapsed in an apartment above a gas station he owned and operated. Um, even though he was on the second story of the building, he had become overcome by fumes that managed to work their way up to his home through a vent pipe in the building. It says, even though noxious gases have almost completely destroyed the vegetation and wildlife surrounding Centralia, nature always finds a way to come back. Um, <clears throat> Route 61, the highway that leads to the township, is full of fissures that are filling with new foliage that seems like it's sprouting directly from the hill. <laughs> oh my god. Um, if this whole underground mine fire thing seems a little suspicious to you, then you may be happy to know that you're not alone. There's a large group of conspiracy theorists who believe that the government and private corporations use the mine fire as a way to grab the land at a low price. Um, many of Centralia's residents believe that the firefighting methods used on the underground blaze were purposefully ineffective and that they were given no choice to put, but to leave their homes. Mm. So, that sucks. If that's yeah, true. Yeah, that does suck, but, yeah. Anyways, yeah, that's, that is that's our research. Centralia. <laughs> All right. Um, what was your idiot or aspect moment from this week? Okay, so I went over to my dad's who... Um, was very close to the Columbia River. And so we went to the river for the day and I totally got a sunburn on my chest. Now I never ever get sunburns. Yeah. Like not ever. <laughs> so, <Lucky. laughs> I know, so I didn't put on any sunscreen, which I mean, I probably should. I, I do put it on my face every day, but um, I don't put any on my body. I mean, and but so you're like pretty tan to begin with. So you would think that you wouldn't burn, that you would just Tan, yeah, you know. I mean, I guess I have had sunburns before, but like it doesn't really look like a sunburn. It doesn't feel like a sunburn. It's just like I get tan and then all of a sudden I'm peeling a little bit. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. That yeah, that that happens. But it hasn't in like 10 years or something. But anyway, so I sunburned my chest mm -hmm. and I was just I was talking to Eric and I was like, "Oh man, I totally got a sunburn." And he goes, "Yummy," because I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but he used to peel sunburns I mean peel his own sunburn not just like random stranger sunburn <laughs> and freaking eat it ah, Eric <laughs> he, no. says it, he says it tastes like potato chips <laughs> ew dude just go open a bag of lace you know like, <laughs> uh, he'll tell you that that's something he did as a kid and not as an adult but I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I mean, either way, it's not comforting. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> it's just not right. <laughs> yeah. Well, what was your idiot or aspect moment? Uh, okay. So, freaking my horse. He, so, Toby, so this is kind of like a dual, it's an idiot and an aspect moment because, okay, there was another horse that was out with him who is pretty sweet for the most part to people, but like also still kind of an asshole. And he decided that, you know, I mean, he was the top dog out in the field. Okay, fine, whatever. But Toby kept trying to steal his food, right? Okay. So Teddy would then beat the crap out of him because he's like, get away from my food, which, okay, oh, no. Toby kept doing it like he didn't learn like he would go after him and like kick him or bite him or whatever and then he just like wouldn't give up he just kept trying to go after his food and so it's like okay you're literally asking for him to beat you up 
which, okay, fine. But also, Teddy was just enough of an asshole to, like, just, I mean, really? Like, he would go after him. He was covered. Like, he'd have, like, big old scrapes down his side and, like, bite marks and everything. So, he bit him on the leg, right? And scraped off skin. And it was, it was raw, you know? It wasn't, like, bloody bloody or anything, but it was, it was definitely raw. But you could tell it happened more than once because, like, so the first time I noticed it anyways, he just had, like, two little, like, teeth marks, like, one upper and one lower. Like, you could tell he got pinched. Yeah. Um, And then the next time I saw it, it was, like, from the top of where the top teeth and the bottom of where the bottom teeth were, it was just, like, open. The whole thing, like, just scraped off the right. So, you either bit him in the same spot or Toby, like, it was, as it was healing, thought it was itchy and, like, chewed on it and ripped his own skin off yeah oh gross <laughs> okay idiot you know yeah <laughs> okay so but you know they moved teddy whatever it was all fine but toby kept he like keeps reopening his leg right and like it's been like a month and a half at this point and it's just now to the point where it's like healing over and he hasn't like reopened it in a couple of weeks but like legitimately for like a month he just keeps reopening it and opening it and opening it and it's just like will uh. you stop but then he's sitting there like a freaking like what a diva like okay it's a scrape it's not like i mean to be fair he might have like bruised like some like a tendon or like a mm-hmm. bone underneath it with the teeth or whatever or at least the other horse might have so right. like okay i get it but like he has been refusing to stand on that leg for like oh. a month and a half because of a scrape you know what I mean? yeah it's like, uh. really like grow up man like and the thing is so I thought it was just because oh you know like I you know it hurts whatever like it's like pulling on the skin Like, so, you know, cause like sometimes, especially in like joints and stuff, when you have like a scrape or something and it starts to heal and you like bend the joint, it'll like kind of pull and it kind of hurts a little bit. I mean, it's not like the worst thing ever. This is definitely livable, you know, like you can still do it, but you just notice it. Mm -hmm. And so I thought it was just like, you know, oh, well it's actively bugging him. Cause usually what I do is I'll like pull him out of the field. I'll like brush him, do everything, take care of the wound on his leg, you know, all that sort of stuff. And then I'll go and like, try and get him to like run around or do whatever. And he's just like barely running through the arena limping like, oh no, it's the worst. I can't do it. You know, it's like, yeah. okay. I can't tell if you're actually hurting or if you're just being dramatic. Right. Right. So I changed up the routine and I decided to go, oh, well, maybe it's because I'm, like, paying all this attention to his leg, and he's like, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, it hurts, you know? (laughs) Right. And so I decided a couple weeks ago, whatever, to just take him out, put him straight into the arena, and just see if he would run around, do whatever, before I, like, paid any attention to his leg. Little sucker was totally fine. He's just running around like, hey, ah, and I'm like, oh, "Oh, maybe he's doing better. And so I went over and I like was petting him and I kind of like pet his leg and then he immediately like stopped standing on it and then I tried to get him to run around and he was like, oh no, I can't, I can't do it. It's like, you freaking like Uh (laughs) asshole, you know? (laughs) Yeah. You know, like what's why? Why are you doing this? And so from that point on, I'm like you are not hurt that bad. So I make him exercise through it. And eventually he's kind of like, Oh, I guess she's gonna make me do it anyway. So he'll like, 
do the things, you know, but yeah. he has to, like, try and be dramatic about it at first, and then he realizes it's not going to get him anywhere, and he goes, oh, fine, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but still, what a pill. Yeah, what an ass butt. That's hilarious. Like, he's an idiot for keep reopening it for, over, like, for just over and over and over again, but, like, also, what a jerk. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> There's all sorts of ass butt situations and all sorts of idiot, mm. you know, some idiot moments in there, you know, but... Anyways, so that that's my moment from the past, like, month and a half. And I am going to put a picture of it on Instagram for you guys to see. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. It was kind of bad. But, like, honestly, most of it was, like, the medication. You know, there's, like, purple on it to, like, because, like, there's, like, an antibacterial spray that you can put on horses and that sort of stuff for, like, cuts and whatever. So, like, it looks way worse than it is. And there was definitely a couple of times when it was, like, open and it looked pretty bad. Mm -hmm. But, like, dude, it's a cut. Grow up. You know? (laughs) Right. You're just fine. (laughs) Yeah. So, if you guys want to check that out, it will be on, it'll be on Instagram. Possibly our Facebook page, too. Probably our Facebook page, too. But for sure on Instagram. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. You can email us at idgitsandaspetspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. Or visit our Facebook page, idgitsandaspets, a supernatural podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at idgitsandaspetspodcast. Thanks again. Thank you.